0: Welcome in to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Frankie, stop me if you've heard this before. The Kings are on a three-game losing streak. Uh, It's not nine. It's not. It's definitely not ten. It's not a three-game winning streak either. Um, More of the same. The Kings are starting to get a lot of their players back. Um, De'Aaron Fox got his first game back. Marvin Bagley got his first game back. Terrence Davis as well. Got their head coach Alvin Gentry back. Um, And still the same. And it didn't help. As a matter of fact, I would say that they have looked just as bad as they have all the season. Um, This is, like I just said, their third straight loss. Uh, You know, they've they've lost, uh, what is it? have they all been by 20 plus just about all by 20 yeah, plus
1: they've lost four of their last five. I believe they have lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, seven of nine since winning three in a row that stretch in early December and their losses are not coming by a slim margin. There, there are no, I tweeted last night. I, I'm wins are one thing. I just miss watching this team be competitive And there are two games over the last nine games where the team they won those games, sure, but those are the only two games they've even been remotely competitive. Yeah. Uh, Because you look at the the loss margins over the last seven eight losses, it's by fourteen points or more in every single game, Um, and that's pretty incredible to me. Honestly, that's that that's honestly incredible. Uh, So here we are again. I'm sure people have listened to this exact podcast before. I'm sure we've recorded (laughs) this same exact podcast. Three or four times, honestly, over the last two years. Um, But here we are again looking to pull anything from the last three games, any notable occurrences, any silver linings, if there are even any. Uh, But how are you feeling right now, Chris, about the team as a whole? How, How do you feel... There, there was a time where I used to be excited to come into the games, and there was a time where I used to look forward to it. I look forward to going into the game against uh, the Clippers just a couple days ago. Um, it was the most excited, quote-unquote, excited I, I've felt in a while. Just how do you feel right now about this team?
0: Uh, unexcited. I'm, I haven't been excited about the team in a couple weeks. It's just felt like this is the natural progression of what was going to happen, um, especially, you know— that road trip where they where they lost to the Hornets, uh, lost to Cleveland, and lost to Toronto, it was just that's that wasn't the start of when I I already started feeling bad before that. But at that point, I was just like, "It's a wrap for this roster." I, I've, I think I've said it before; it's nothing new. But I just don't think this current crop of guys is going to be able to figure it out. Um, and even if they do, I'm not sure, you know, how good that even is. Um, they. they you know, when this team has looked their best, they're still struggling to 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 be 500, you know, at, at no point in time where, you know, they were a couple games over. They've just been at best average and their defense didn't look elite. At any point, I mean, that hasn't, that hasn't been even part of the equation for years, but the offense didn't look as, as uh, sharp as it had, even, even as recently as last season, it just doesn't seem like the team has found any sort of identity, any sort of like, Hey, this is what we are good at. And we can at least, you know, expose people by, by using this huge strength of ours, whether that be shooting, running the floor, just being more physical than other teams. I thought for a little bit last night against the Grizzlies in the second quarter, when they, when they made it close, they were actually being really physical and almost out physicaling Memphis. Um, and I only remember that because I was actually like about to press send on. I think the Kings are actually out toughing the Grizzlies. I'm really glad I didn't send that because it would have looked very bad, but, um, I'm just not feeling good. I, I'm, I feel like a lot of Kings fans. I mean, if you look in, On social media, you'll definitely see it. But I think a lot of people are just ready to see what the next thing is, whether it's, you know, and there's a lot of people who are for trading, you know, swinging all the way for the fences and trading to Aaron Fox. And there's people who are just like, why is buddy healed? Still on this roster or playing, period, or at least playing, playing all of it. Um, and against the Grizzlies last night, he took three shots. So he he pretty much had had just given. It's I, I don't think he's given up on the team. I don't think the three shots was indicative of of effort or anything. But it's just it's it's just a sign that it's not clicking to me. Um, it's it's all bad right now.
1: Yeah, and to kind of agree with what you said, how the team doesn't have. There's not an aspect that the team is very good at. And you said the three point shooting, the rebounding is to name a few things. Is this team really good from a three-point line? No, no. No.
0: Are they really good at rebounding? No. No. They're I would actually say they're
1: they're, they're like ba- very they're,
0: like below below average, yeah. maybe league bottom near closer to league bottom than league average. If you look get the last game the Kings won. Especially in rebounding. Sure.
1: And you'll get the last game the Kings won, it was against San Antonio. And the only reason the Kings won was because Damian Jones had a miracle not miracle Damian Jones played very well but 23 <laughs> points and 8 rebounds over 19 minutes is just absurd that's a career night for him and it was it was fun to watch it was an exciting development for the young the young big but Uh, I, the Kings barely squeak out that game against San Antonio. They get 27 from Ty. They get 29 from buddy in, in the, a very buddy healed esque performance where he went seven of nine from three. And then the other half of the buddy esque performance we've seen over the last two games. And when buddy heel isn't hitting and, and De'Aaron Fox is like last night, not playing like De'Aaron Fox. Harrison Barnes not playing like. Harry. I mean, there's no one playing consistent right now except for Tyrese Halliburton. And we're going to talk plenty about Tyrese, but it's got to come from from other players. Rashawn Holmes last night fouled, almost fouled out over 13 minutes of, of playing time. He has not looked the same since coming back. Buddy Hield is is there, there's not really reason for him to play at the moment, other than the fact that he he is a threat while on the floor. And Tyrese said that today at practice. We just got back from practice, and Tyrese said of Buddy struggles his he's an imposing figure on the floor he's a threat that looming threat of him getting hot from the three-point line is why he's so valuable but that's not happening right now but he's not knocking down his shots I believe he's having the worst season of his career right now from a statistical standpoint Uh, this season he's shooting 38 percent from the field that's a career low 37 percent from the three-point line that's a career low and eighty-five percent of the free throw line is is below his career total too, which isn't eighty-five percent is great. Who be we who kidding? But um the rebounds are down three point nine. Everything's down for Buddy Heald right now. Everything. Yes.
0: And I'm I'm looking at his splits right now. If you look specifically at the month of December, where the Kings have definitely needed him to step his game up with all the COVID. Inj- COVID injury, or whatever you want to call it. COVID sicknesses, the missing games. Um, they've needed buddy to step up and he's frankly done the opposite. And the same, he's playing 29 minutes a game, which is the exact amount he played uh, in, you know, for the, for the entirety of the season, he's down from 16 last month per game, 16 points a game to 13 this month. Uh, he's shooting 36% from the field this month, 36 also from three this month. And he's taken uh, what is that 13 less free throws than he took last month, which was still, I mean, he took 32 free throws last month and he's taken nineteen. He's abandoned
1: how we were complimenting him about driving the paint. He's completely abandoned that approach and he's just going to let it fly. He took took Mm 23s against the Clippers. I I believe Um, it's if if you're not going to be able to knock down the three, you have to bring something else to the table and, we all know Buddy Heald can't play def- can't play defense to a high level. We know that he can rebound to a high, to a, an extent, but that hasn't really been there over the last couple of games either. So it just kind of puts you in a position where Buddy's playing big minutes, and you can't continue to roll him out every night when he's not bringing anything to the table because his three point shooting is. That's what Buddy Heald was paid for. That's what he's making twenty million dollars a year for: is to shoot the basketball and shoot it well. And last night he played almost 24 minutes, and he went 0 of three from the field, 0 of two from three, and, and he only had two rebounds. It's just unacceptable. It's really unacceptable when when you look at that. That's that's not quite the Tony Snell stat line that we always joke about that he's just running around out there. But he pretty much was just running around out there for almost a half an hour playing time. Um, and the buddy doesn't get all the blame. It, it's not. This is not all buddy's fault. Uh, everyone has their own. Like okay, everyone except Tyrese, we gotta take Tyrese out of this yeah. equation real quick. And even Damian Jones, some people don't deserve any blame, but it all goes back to the top of the food chain here. And this roster has been constructed. It's been set up to fail in my in my mind. Uh I don't know how you come into the season with a roster that's eighty-five, eighty percent the same as last season and expect there to be change. It's it's almost it's almost identical what we saw last year mm-hmm. you get hot for a little bit of stretch you immediately erase it with an awful stretch and it's been 34 games of that I said that right before we started recording it's it's been 34 games of the same cycle we've had we've recorded this podcast three times in the, talking about the same things and that goes for everybody and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter even say I'm just not gonna even pay any mind to it I'm not there's so many more things in life to worry about than this team and these games and yeah. There are. So I personally, and that's just, just me and people can approach it the way they, that they want. Uh, it's my job. So that's, it's easier <laughs> for me to say it, but as a fan, cause you know, there's still parts. I enjoy watching this team play. I've been, I've been watching this team since I was a little kid. I go into each game now just with, and this is such a sad mentality to have, but it's the truth. Just hope that we see something positive, anything positive, young growth, uh, growth from the young guys and Tyrese and Damian Jones. Uh, I'd love to see De'Aaron Fox take a step forward. If the team's not going to win games, I, I just would love to see them compete and not lose by 20 points every night. It feels like that's not too much to ask for. And we'll start there Compete and, and just go down the wire, play 48 minutes. Don't play 35 minutes. Like we've been seeing over the last couple of days, 36 minutes. I want to see a little bit of, of consistency, at least an effort. And right now it's just not there.
0: No, it hasn't been there for a while either. I mean, it's it's like you said. I mean, they they've gone weeks without a real competitive game. I mean, the last one that was really close was that Charlotte game, and we all remember how that one ended. And you know, probably should have been a, a victory for the Kings. But um, I'm also sorry. While you were looking there, I was trying to figure out. Um, I'm still stuck on the Kings, like it, it just them not. What is wrong essentially for me is they keep taking jump shot or not even jump shots, but they're, they're, they're at 35 threes a game right now. And I, if I'm, let me look right now, actually, sorry, while I do this live, please, that is more than they took last season. And they are, as a team from three, whereas last year they were 36%. Uh, (laughs) 33 is also the lowest percent from three that a Kings team has been since 2013, 14, which uh, was Jimmer for last season with Sacramento and no one else on the team. uh, No one on the team. Jimmer shot like 49% on one, three a game. Um, But John Salmons was the team's leading three point uh, percentage guy at 38%. Um, And it's really similar this year. I mean, Tyrese, I think, is at 41%. Harrison's somewhere near 38, 39. And I think Buddy, um, you just mentioned, is at uh, 37, 37%. So they have a bunch of guys take, and you add Shemezi Metu onto that, who's taking a bunch of threes and not hitting any. And Davion Mitchell, who's still trying to figure out a shot, but he's shooting 30% from three. It's when things are going poorly, the team tries to shoot themselves out of it or shoot themselves back into it, and they end up shooting themselves. I'm sorry, they end up shooting themselves out of it, um, just because they they don't have the shooters to make these shots, and and like I said, they they really aren't good at anything, and so they don't really have anything to fall back on when things start to go bad. Um, it's interesting to me. You and, you, you and I sit through uh, their press conferences a lot, and they always are always talking about defensive communication and how they keep stacking up mistakes. And it's it's to me that I mean that you know that that is their their biggest Achilles heel is they just keep making mistakes and compounding them on top of one another, and that's why we see it go from four to twenty five so fast.
1: Yeah, and that's what I think. Tyrese, or even I think Marvin. Marvin said it today is it, it's. Or was it Tyrese today? Honestly, might have both said versions. Which
0: is why that, it's so fresh on out, my mind. Like an out of bounds
1: pass can just turn the game mm-hmm. completely around for this team. Yeah. Like you said, it turn, one thing goes to another thing goes to another thing, and things unravel so quickly. And then you throw on top it, of that that they just miss shots in general. Yeah. You know, it's incredible to see this team. And I also put that out last night. It's just they have to be the the leader in... And as the team where you watch and you go, oh, wait a minute, it was a four point game a minute and a half ago and they're down by 17. How the hell did that happen? And it happens every single night and it's painful to watch. I I miss the days and I was talking to someone last night about this too, how it's sad. We look back to the Rudy, DeMarcus, Isaiah Thomas days and we look back on those and say, well, wish well, at least we could watch those teams because those Ish. teams would lose, but they would not, they would not lose by 30, 25 points every single night. They at least would lose. They'd go down to the wire. I remember those teams would at least be in the game late and then they blow it in the last couple of minutes. That still sucks. And the <laughs> team was bad. Awful. The Kings been awful for 20 years. I understand that. But the effort, the battling down to the end, the, the refusal of rolling over it." I miss that. And there's only a handful of games this year that I'm looking at right now where I've,
0: I've felt like I was having even fun watching the game. I mean, the Lakers definitely game, gotten to that point right there where yeah. it's just like, I'm not looking forward to watching them and they never surprise me. There's never a game where, you know, th- there's not a surprising, Oh, Hey, they kind of won this game by 15 and we're up 10 the whole game and then just kind of closed it out. Or it, it's always, um, it's a close game and they, barely, even though they try and lose it, they'll squeak it out or it's just a complete blowout. Yeah. I mean, again, we've, there's we've, nothing really fun to, t- I mean, like, yeah, there's no, there's no way of spending, especially when this team is has played as poorly as they have for the past month. I mean, um, they have five wins in the past calendar, like in the past 30 days. Yeah.
1: And you know, it's so, and it's frustrating, but also it's just funny. They're three games back. I'm sorry. 3 and a,
0: 3 I don't see what's funny about
1: that. Well, they're, they're that. four <laughs> games back. They're four games back of the seed. They're three back of the 7. It's just it's just funny to me cuz I just
0: it Does the term sense. cruel and unusual punishment mean anything to you? Yeah, I, it just, it all makes no sense. It makes no sense. It, we're in the definition of purgatory. It's, we're pur- just, it's purgatory. We're just waiting to figure out what side we're going to go it's on. It's
1: literally the, the rabbit on the treadmill with the carrot hanging in front of it. Yeah. This is just, it's every single year, of the past three years, the Kings have always been that <laughs> they've been, they've been a nine seed and just missed the playoffs so that they just <laughs> yeah. missed it in the last year before the play-in. They would have made the play-in. Then the next year, they miss it by two games as the 11th yep. seed. Then the next year, they miss it again by two games. And then here we are this year. The Kings are two games back of a 10th seed once again. And yeah, there's still what, 39, 40 games left. There's They played 34 games. Jeez, there's so
0: many games. Well, left and still. and the there's frustrating thing is left. just there's so much hope left. And how many times have I had to say hope is the killer of all? And so with all of these games left, you can tell yourself, Look, if the Kings eventually whatever they do make that Ben Simmons trade, well, maybe yeah, it'll take some time to figure it out and get get the gears going, but they can they can cover three games against whoever who's the Timberwolves are in tenth right now. Who's in, who? uh, Right now, it is
1: Minnesota is nine, San Antonio is ten, Antonio. and yeah, the, I mean, the Mavericks who come to town twice. Uh, mm-hmm. They're tied with Minnesota. They're 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 three games up in the Kings and COVID
0: riddled as well. Well, here's the thing, I though. Mean that, yeah,
1: the CDC as we as we started recording is has lowered the recommended uh, quarantine period from ten days to five. Meaning that teams that are ravaged by COVID, the Kings, one of them. That means we could see Demi Aske,ta Davion Mitchell, and Alex Lund return this and probably maybe as soon as tomorrow or the next day if it's been you know, more than five days. Luka Doncic and and the other guys on Dallas that are out could. Potentially, all be back mm-hmm. for this week's games.
0: I don't want to say good news, but the... the uh I'll say good news for Kings fans would be at least we'll know when they make the trip. It'll probably... Since the Kings play them back-to-back games, it'll be a matter of, well, Luka just didn't make the trip or not. But here's the thing. Does it even matter? It doesn't well, matter. No, of, if course they it, well, of course the it K- doesn't matter. The Kings, matter. Lose, yeah, the Kings lose. lose
1: to Charlotte without half their team. They lose last night to, to Memphis without notable Kings killer... Dylan yeah. Brooks, the Kings lose. They lost to the Clippers. I think with uh, without who didn't play Reggie Jackson and a couple uh, other Reggie guys. Jackson didn't play. Luke Kennard, uh, a bunch of guys didn't play. If,
0: did Zubach play? Or I think I he was, did
1: play. Yeah. Reggie Jackson didn't play. Uh, Luke Kennard didn't play. Paul George was playing with a a torn tendon in his arm, and, and it just it doesn't matter. In my opinion, who plays? The Kings beat the fully healthy Blazers. They beat the fully healthy Lakers. They they
0: beat ah it just makes losing sense. losing to the Suns. an unhealthy Dallas team would be pretty bad though. I mean at this point they're down to Porzingis. Uh, I think even Tim Hardaway's out like it's pretty much just just Porzingis and Jalen Brunson. Uh maybe we might I think Willie Cauley-Stein is out for personal reasons but yeah, he hasn't I was going to say in he, he's he's ready and prime to uh to make his return and and of course hurt us. But my my,
1: my in my mind At least most of those guys are going to be back for this week. The thirty first is four days away. Mm That I would be stunned if none of those guys are back for that game. But uh, in the end, it doesn't matter for the Kings. They they will play the same way no matter who the opponent is or who is playing. They play down to whatever. (laughs) If a team is missing seven guys, they play like they're missing seven guys. Even with the full roster, and uh, it's it's been a very it's a very frustrating season as all of the last seventeen have been. But it's more frustrating this year just because we've seen this team in this purgatory, like you said, Mm -hmm. for the past three years where they're right knocking on that door and they just miss it in 2018, 2019. They Mm -hmm. just miss it in 2020, 2021 or 1920 and 2021. This is the fourth season where the Kings are right on the outside looking in. They're not finishing a dead last in the West. They're not finishing 14th even right now. Uh, I and I believe that they won't. I believe that they are c- completely on track for a tenth, eleventh, or twelfth place finish in the West, and uh, that sucks. That's, it does that really need to does. be
0: stated that the Kings are also as close as they are to making the uh, the plan. Of course, we always mention that they are also just as close to being at the bottom of the Western Conference. Like uh, OKC has twelve wins; they're twelve and twenty. Uh, the Pelicans are twelve and twenty-two the Kings are 13 and 21. Like those teams are also, you know, I don't know if Zion's going to come back anytime soon or if at all this season, but new Orleans might turn it around or trade Brandon Ingram and, and completely tank. But um, I don't think those teams are necessarily going to fall off pace for any reason. I think those teams will, if, if the Kings continue to slack like this, like they, they'll have a chance to, to be a, a, a bottom tier team, which, would also sh- change the narrative of probably how we how we do this podcast uh, in the second half of the season. But we can get to that when when we get there. Well, it's a slippery... And we've also talked, sorry to no, cut you good. off, but we've talked in the past, I think it was three or four episodes ago, about uh, that tough stretch that the Kings have coming up. Uh, I think that, that's a- just what I was about to say. Yeah. I was just about to say,
1: this weekend, week, weekend, we have OKC in Dallas in the back-to-back, day off Thursday, New Year's Eve against Dallas again. But then after that... New year, Miami, the Lakers, the Hawks, the nuggets, the Blazers, and then the Cavs on a back to back, the Lakers again, um, uh, even Houston twice over that weekend, uh, in mid January, the Houston's been playing better than they have in
0: the beginning of the year. They, they aren't going to roll over for anybody. Um, it's, and then it gets hard. To get, I mean, the, yeah, that Houston back-to-back, I'm looking at it right now. It's not a back-to-back, but they play Houston two games at home, then a home against Detroit, and then comes the death schedule, especially all these games are on the road. Bucks, Celtics, Hawks, Sixers, Knicks, Bing Bong, and Nets. Then you come home. And then, then, then you, Warriors. Which,
1: the, the NBA is so cruel for this. I've been eyeing this since the schedule came out. Why would you give the Kings a back-to-back? Yeah. A back-to-back, a home road back-to-back against the Brooklyn Nets and the Golden State Warriors. The two best teams in the league. The Kings get to play them on a back-to-back in the first couple days of of February. That's brutal. That's absolutely brutal. And especially in the Mm -hmm. fact we you look at Kyrie Irving is going to start playing road games again. He'll be playing in that game. Uh, It's...
0: It's it's frustrating, man. And, and and that'll be how the Kings kind of, I mean, I was going to say land they could into the, the All-Star break coming up like two weeks after that. I mean, I, I would like to think at that point trades will have been made, but um, that stretch of games is going to, I'm not even going to say make or break because there's no way they're going to succeed through that. But if they could somehow hover 500 in that, like what that, and the tough thing is that's like a, what? 15 20 game stretch yeah it's a big stretch it's a big stretch for them to play consistent basketball which they just haven't all year but it it begins
1: with taking care of what's in front of you right and the most important thing is the tiebreakers are going to be a thing they they have been and for forever tiebreakers are a thing in making in in establishing playoff position uh the Kings this season, I believe, own the tiebreaker over the Clippers, or they're, they'll at least tie with the Clippers. They've beaten them twice. Um, Memphis has beaten them all three times. That's over, but I think Memphis is going to be a top six, seven seed anyway. But when you look at a team like Dallas and OKC, who could be kind of in that same tier as the Kings? The Kings have already lost a game to OKC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they lost to Dallas already too this season. So they have to take care of business this week. They have they have to win at least one of Dallas games to ensure a season split. They have to be OKC to make sure they don't lose that season series. Um,
0: they lost it, to the Mavericks earlier.
1: They lost to the, Mav- the Mavs earlier, but don't they play four times this year or three? They play the Mavericks one more time in, in um, March, so they could split at least that season series, but why not win the season series? Take both. <laughs> why but of not? Of course, we would love that. Uh, point is, the Kings have time, right? We mm-hmm. we keep saying that, and I hate I hate to hang on that. Like you said, it's 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 a sick thing to, to, to have faith at a time like this. And I'm not saying I have faith at all, but it's, I can't just sit here with 48 games left and just say, okay, it's over. I'll do you say it's that over A move when, needs to be made. Oh God. Yes. I believe a move needs to be made yesterday, but it seems like Monty McNair is waiting it out. I would not be. He seems like a guy that waits until the last second. We saw him do it with bogey. He literally waited until the very last hour to say, no, we're not gonna match. Yeah. Um I would not be surprised until he waits until one of those moves that trickle in after the deadline is passed mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of situations where Woes and Shams are putting out out those hits after the, the trade deadline buzzer has already sounded. So it's uh I don't know what it, it would take if it doesn't take the awful losing streaks that, that we've seen so far this year and multiple three four game losing streaks, firing a head coach multiple 30-point, 25-plus-point losses. There's not much more that can happen to show you this team just does not work together. And uh, a COVID outbreak, every awful thing you can imagine has happened to this team already.
0: Would you prefer a, like, not marginal move, but, you know, like a moving for a third or fourth best guy on the team? Or would you, do you think that, that the the big superstar move is the one to make. I think a shakeup of any kind mm-hmm. would do. I feel like yeah, I any think, kind. I think it does. Want, I mean, even just just the feeling of yeah, like oh, like something something is new yeah. or different about this situation. And I think to an extent, adding in guys like Moutier and and you know the the amount of ten day guys that they've had to bring in was a little bit of a shakeup, but it is different when you add in a person who's like, all right, this is, I'll just say Rudy Gay because that was the last example we had. And, you know, this is Rudy Gay. We're now going to implement Rudy Gay into the way we do things. Um, And I think something as small as that could could shift other people's roles and and what they do. And, you know, it could, for example, if a buddy leaves – maybe they don't trade for a guy who's a better shooter, but that internally tells Tyrese, like, you're the shooter now. I need, yeah, like, I need to step up to this role and just be more aggressive and, and all the things that can come off of that. You know, that Which he's been
1: doing more of lately, he too. He definitely has.
0: I mean, yeah, with Buddy's struggles, Tyrese is for sure, not, not only Buddy's, I don't want to point everything on Buddy, but Buddy has struggled, and no one else really stepped up, and Tyrese was like, here, this is what I got. I mean, you've been putting out nightly what what you know that Tyrese has been breaking all of these barriers of of King's history with twenty ten and, and multiple steals in a game. Um, it, what he's been doing is special, and it's sad that it took the whole team being wiped out for us to see this version of him. But if he can, and I think last night against Memphis, De'Aaron definitely was was not going to get in Tyrese's way of. of you know, his continued play. And I think that'll be something interesting to see what, how that develops as well is if De'Aaron is more, I mean, De'Aaron's always been a very willing passer, but will he be um, willing to relinquish more of his ability, responsibility to Tyrese um, and just kind of seeing how the team plays when Tyrese leads the show. And um, I don't know, like it's, it's, I don't, I just don't know how many more things, they can really ask to see differently with these group of guys. I'm no, I
1: think of, everyone started at, yeah. in, at at points, right? I think Terrence Davis started for a little bit. Yep. Alex Lentz has started for a little bit. Yep. Tristan Thompson has started. uh Metu has started. Mo Harkless. They've tried all these different guys. Has Marvin Bagley started? He started, I think one game, I think one or two games of max. He started. They haven't fully been know, able know, yeah, to I'm dive in. To, no, but, to throw that hat in the but race. That's, I think if they want to make an immediate change tomorrow, that's what I would do. I would start Marvin Bagley tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And I know he's come back from COVID. He said he was feeling it a little bit. He's, he's trying to get his, his legs back under him. Uh, Chemezi Metz, I really do like when he's, I mean, I like it when he's playing well. I hate it when he's playing bad. Obviously we all do. But uh, I just think Marvin Bagley has a potential to be much more of a difference maker. And if you want to have an immediate shakeup, tomorrow night, you switch, you at least try that one. You have not tried, the Kings have not tried to completely roll with Marvin Bagley as their starting power forward. Not this season. They have in years past, I understand that. But um, it, it just, there again, it's probably another move that will happen to no avail. It, the, the the team is what it is. We've seen every combination we can see. Uh, minus starting Bob Woodard or Jemais <laughs> Ramsey.
0: Uh, Don't tempt some people. Some people have been asking for it.
1: It, there's not much more this team can do. Lewis King, these guys, uh, the G league guys, I just don't see any other shakeup that can happen on this roster. But um, I guess kind of transition into the Tyrese talk. Cause we were talking about him a second ago. Uh, like you said, last night, DeAaron returned. And I think everybody thought there'd be a little bit of a drop off. That wasn't the case at all. Tyrese last night played 31 minutes. That's the least amount of minutes he's played in, in I think seven, eight games. Yes. Yeah, since seven games ago, of course, he would have played more minutes if the Kings were getting beaten by 30, mind you. Um, but 18 points, seven rebounds, three three steals and a block, uh, five rebounds, he, nothing changed with his production. If he played 40 minutes again, he would have for sure had another one of those 2010 games in my mind. Um, but he doesn't really care about the stats. Like he said today at practice, he doesn't care about his stats. He wants to win games, which is what you want to hear. But it's nice to, look, to know that he didn't take a complete backseat when De'Aaron returned last night. He took 12 shots, which in the games here didn't play. He took 16, 19, 18, 15, took 12 last night. I think not playing the entire game because of the, <laughs> the, the ass kicking. Yeah. Uh, but it's, 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 it's been fun to watch him over this last stretch over the last five games Ty's averaging 22 points per game, four and a half boards, 10 assists, 2.2 steals, 51% from the field and 48 from three. And he's stolen at least... He's had at least two steals in the last four games. Uh, I I can't remember when a guard on the Kings has has, has been more... I don't know what, if exciting is the word. I mean, De'Aaron had that stretch last year where he averaged 34 over an eight-game stretch, I think. That was fun in its own way. But this 2010, it's very Chris Paul-esque. These are some Chris Paul numbers we're seeing right now. Um, prime Chris Paul. And that's a comparison. I think people have made a lot and I'm not saying that Tyrese Albert is the next Chris Paul, but um, when you look at what he's doing, the last King to post 18 points and seven assists in two steals and four straight games was Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby did it 16 years ago. It doesn't really happen that often here. Speaking of 16 years ago, something else fun happened that year. Um, but he's he's been doing things that no Kings guard has, has done ever Um not in the Sacramento era has a guard gotten 20 and 10 in, in four straight <gasps> games. So everyone should, should take that in and appreciate the only silver lining for this team right now.
0: Yeah. Um, and our, we'll just spoil it now. Our King of the week again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we can get into that
1: right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much more we can touch on the Kings right now. Anyways. Um, we yeah, say we don't, their current status. Yeah. We say we don't want to get in, 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 give out the same Kings of the week, but this season has been such a nightmare. Yeah. Um, there's, I guess we could give it, we could do a Damian Jones, could get some flowers too. But Tyrese has been doing things that have never been seen before. Again, no guard in the Sacramento era has ever done what he's doing 20 points and 10 assists in four straight games. No guard since 1985 has ever done that in a Kings jersey. Um, and he's doing it efficiently. Like I said, he's doing it over 50% from the field, almost 50% from the three point line. And he's taking almost six threes a game. Um, uh, It's, it's got you thinking that he could be the point guard of the team for the future. Is that wrong to assume he is the
0: point guard of this team? I really don't know. And I think that's the thing, you know, like I kind of hinted at it earlier. I just, I don't know how they view the Tyrese and De'Aaron relationship on the court. Um, it's clearly, you know, so far it hasn't led to wins and losses. So I don't think it's it's out of the question to to try and and figure out if there's another combination that that might work better, or even if it's as simple as just like your like you're stating, just putting Tyrese at the point and having De'Aaron be more at the two. I do think that Tyrese definitely is more of a natural point guard, and and him playing off the ball, playing the two has been a different kind of play style for him and i think that we've seen uh that, that 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 has led him to be less aggressive looking for his shot and i don't think that's something that the kings necessarily want to be a byproduct of it but um it's just really hard when you're not Getting the ball in the normal ways that you have in the past, and especially the fact that Tyrese is still trying to learn. You asked him today; he's only ninety games into his NBA career, which I thought was more. By the way, I was I was gonna say a season yeah. and a half, yeah. and I looked and I'm like, he's only played
1: a full season. Yeah,
0: I mean, he, yeah, he missed uh, what like. 15 games or so last year, um, you know, due to injury. It was only 72 game season too, Mm -hmm. which is, it was a shortened season mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. seventy-two. So, you know, he, he's, he's still trying to figure out the NBA game. And I definitely think obviously in that little stretch that he had, he's, he's figured out that, Oh yeah. Like I more than belong here. And like, I can really make an impact. It'll be interesting to see again, like I said, like how he's going to, How him and De'Aaron are going to navigate that as well, because um, it's 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 I'm I'm sure it's just as much a mental thing for both of them as it is like physically trying to figure it out. They De'Aaron's got to learn when to you know let Tyrese take over, and Tyrese has to um, figure out how to be more effective when De'Aaron has the ball. Because I really don't think. It'll be much of an issue for De'Aaron to to figure the off ball stuff out. I think I can't remember what game it was, but uh, earlier this season he was playing a lot off. Yeah, ball he had like twenty. I think that was against the Spurs.
1: Yeah, he had like twenty uh, something points yeah. and I think one assist or something. It he, was crazy. He and Tyrese had one of his ten assist games that mm-hmm. night too, uh, I believe. But yeah, it, it definitely is something I think that I think it's possible for them to play together. I I again. My opinion right now, as of December twenty seventh, twenty twenty one, I don't think the Kings should move De'Aaron Fox right now. I don't see a reason to to hit the eject seat button just yet on that. Um, I just really like the idea of them being able to play together, and obviously mm-hmm. De'Aaron shot needs to improve a lot for that to work. For it to really work, because we saw it with the, the Westbrook Harden uh, comparison. It's the only other I think situation I can look at. And think of a guard that can't shoot the basketball and a guard that really can shoot and really playmake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess Harden and Westbrook come with playmake. And I'm not saying De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese or James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I think I used to say the last I'm thing, too. saying they're better. I think, yeah, I'm saying they're better. <laughs> they're way better. I those just those schmucks done. It know those schmucks. But uh, while, it's my, rings. while it's on my brain real quick um, for King of the Week, we also need to give Alvin Gentry. because Number one, the man's healthy. He's back from COVID. Mm -hmm. And two, I have never heard a head coach of the Kings lay into a team like that after a game before. And the guy was fuming last night,
0: fuming. So I was ready for the onion headline. I told you on the way after practice, but I was ready for the onion headline of Coach Alvin Gentry returns from long COVID, long bout with (laughs) COVID-19, comma, forgets how bad team was <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> completely yeah. forgets that his team was terrible. Think, and then came back and was like, Oh my gosh. Like Wait, what happened? <laughs> I I know I was only gone a week, but was it really like it was this bad when, when like before and you were just living in, in Stockholm syndrome essentially.
1: <laughs> last, um, last night yeah. at the dinner table, at the media dinner table, Jason Ross, uh, James Hamm and I were talking about uh, Alvin coming back. And I think Jason made a joke like, uh, Alvin was set to come back. His ten days were up, and I think he told the team, "Can I just take five more days? Yeah. Take it a week?
0: Can I just take yeah. a little more time? Holidays? Yeah, do I have, do I have to go
1: back? Do I?
0: It's been ni- kind of nice watching yeah. him from home. You know, like, like he, you know, I think he I can came opt back. out. I can turn it off.
1: Yeah, I can turn the game off. Uh, he he came, said that it was Check the on Facetime. The worst <laughs> basketball game he's ever seen as a coach in thirty four years, I believe, was was the the quote. Yeah. Uh, and Ty did kind of laugh about that today and said, I mean, we lost by 50 last year.
0: I definitely agree. I mean, I, I agree with Tyrese's sentiment of like, uh, that was a very bad loss, especially considering they, they had the game close in the first half and then to just completely blow it in the second half and lose by 25 isn't great. But, I mean, yeah, Alvin was here last year when <laughs> when they lost. Uh, I we I can't remember the exact game, but Tyrese was like, we lost by 50 last year. So you know, I'm not gonna say it was worse than that, but definitely it was not a good loss to have.
1: What game was that? Because I'm looking at their schedule last year, I see they, they lost by f- by 40 to the to the It, it definitely Clippers. might have been that, and
0: he was just you know
1: they lost by 38. I'm sure, to, it felt bad. They lost by 38 to the Clippers. Um, oh no, I found it. They lost by 49 to Utah. Mm-hmm.
0: There were a lot of bad losses last year. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, my God. They 31 allo- to the Warriors. They allowed 150,
1: 154 points to the Jazz last year. That was a franchise record. I remember it now.
0: Do you remember that preseason game that the Kings had against the Pelicans where they like gave up like 160 points yeah. or something like that last year? Yep. I Gosh. do recall <laughs> that. Uh,
1: yeah, so I can't really sit here and say, was that the worst game I've ever seen? That was not the seen? worst Kings game I've no. ever
0: seen. Definitely not.
1: That was... I've seen five of those games this year. We all have seen five where, where they, they're they they're winning in the third and then they just completely lose it. And it was, what's funny was, though, that De'Aaron Fox dunk, that was in, so fun. It got the mm-hmm. stadium rocking. One of the better dunks we've seen at Golden 1 Center. Immediately. Immediately. I think they went on a 20-0 run or 18-0 run. The Kings didn't score again for three minutes, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Let's uh, talk about that because that's actually fun. Yeah. So, I actually tweeted out earlier than that. Um, it was probably like five minutes before De'Aaron's dunk uh, that I thought that J- John Morant's missed mm-hmm. lob probably would have been the best in Golden 1 Center history. Christopher Lodd uh, sent me the Marvin 360, which is probably off the top of people's head the yeah. best dunk in Golden 1.
1: I want to give this guy credit last night. He gave me one that he unlocked a memory, really. Um, let me see if I can find his name. I just want to give him some
0: credit. Westbrook Dunk, it, uh, I it R2. Josh.
1: Josh, J. Cope eleven on Twitter said, Does nobody remember the alley oop to Willie Callie sign against Boston? And that one
0: yes. was nasty. That was sick. That was a thunk, no? I believe it, dunk.
1: I believe it was an alley oop from Darren Collison I can pull it up right now. And
0: Willie like threw it into the rim. I vaguely remember it was like in the center of the key. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel Stein. like the fact that it's Willie definitely tarnishes tarnishes it a little bit. I yeah, mean, Willie had so Willie, many, especially Willie as a dunker. Willie Willie Stein, un, unsexy dunker.
1: He had so many. He would go up for these giant, yeah. huge dunks all the time, and he would just completely flail on him, or he he get fouled and he would throw the ball off the shot mm-hmm. clock or something. Um, <laughs> but I remember this game. This was the, this was when the, I think the Kings were missing. They were missing DeMarcus for this game. This yeah, is, and this they be- won this game. This is before the trade. Willie
0: went stupid. And Didn't I, he have like 20 and 10 this yep. game? And and
1: yeah. Isaiah Thomas played and everything. Here's a dunk. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, it's a good dunk. It's it's for sure a good dunk. It belongs on the top five, maybe top three, but it's... Yeah, he's coming down the paint. But he's outside of the key, though. He's outside I mean, of the key. Outside of the, the, of the, outside I mean,
1: of the, the restricted circle
0: his length definitely helps is it like a poster poster not really I think De'Aaron's had a lot more body you know chest to chest contact wait a minute the De'Aaron windmill against the Suns from two years ago too was nuts that That was was a game ceiling
1: Mm -hmm. breakaway he just took his time breakaway
0: dunk windmill Um, for sure um who else? Is a big I think. Dunk? I mean, yeah. The, the Marvin three sixty for sure is up there. The Marvin Duncan Summer the League. The Marvin Summer League dunk. I mean, as sad as it is, that's the most body to body dunk we've probably seen. That was a moment we talked about before. I think where yeah. we said, "Wow, he's." oh, my God, he's going to be... In game zero, yeah. <laughs> game Game Negative. Yeah, four, negative four, yeah, probably. Negative yeah, negative five. We we, we, said. we were like, this guy has arrived. Yeah, that was
1: a great moment, though. That was, again, one it of was, those definitely. handful of fun moments. And, again, one hand, a handful of those fun Golden 1 Center history moments uh, was three years ago today. A little love to Bogdan Bogdanovich hitting that mm-hmm. game later against the Lakers. Um, were you at that game? I was, yeah. Were, were you working or were you sitting somewhere? Um,
0: I think I was working... You know what? Actually, strangely enough, I vaguely remember, I might have like only worked. I don't know why, but I feel like I only worked until halftime and then left or something like that. Because I remember watching the shot from home. at my girlfriend's house and like only seeing that. Like I walked in and I was you like, saw it. turn it on." Maybe maybe I was watching at my house and I left or something. I can't remember. But actually, no, I wasn't in the building for for that one.
1: This was a pre COVID obviously in 2018, but I was deathly ill that night. I I believe I had a fever should not have been at work around people. Uh, but I, I went in anyway. I didn't want to miss work. Um, would have left our, our team empty handed, obviously. Um, not the Kings, just my (laughs) team when I worked, when when I worked for the team. Um, but I was about to leave in the third quarter and I had a friend talk me into to staying. And, uh, the beginning of the fourth quarter, they were down by 15 points with six minutes left after Javale McGee hit a dunk or hammered in a dunk and, I almost left, and he said, just wait around for a minute. I said, okay, and thank God I did, because that was one of my favorite moments yeah. of seeing in person just watching it in that tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, but good moment. And I, I said today on Twitter as well, I, I I wish there were more good moments like that. I don't think there are many great moments
0: in Golden yeah. 1 Center history. Uh, we were talking about this last week when um, when we were talking about the DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, this the, is the, ridiculous rant. That was one of the great moments. Because, yeah, I mean, I put it out there on Twitter that I thought that was probably the most iconic king's moment in the dropping past 15 50 years too. dropping 15 that game too yeah. and then the, the whole the theatrics of it yeah um but they, i think a lot of people when i said that brought up that uh, i think the bogey moment probably trump's that Trump but yeah. is that the only thing i mean that's probably
1: the only other thing beating the warriors the full the the kevin durant champion mm-hmm. uh steph katie clay Draymond, they all were playing, beating that Warriors team in uh, the first year of the Golden One. Was
0: that when Steph missed the layup? Steph
1: missed the layup. Yeah. Boogie had a big game. Matt Barnes had some big shots. Uh, that was a really fun night. I was watching that game at a bar.
0: I don't know if that's like Thanksgiving. Pantheon, though. I don't know if that's like bonafide, like top tier moment. No, like, I don't know if people... Because there's not there, really a moment for... I mean, I that's said what I mean. Steph like, missed
1: layup. There's you know? not that many... Like moments, yeah. like the game winner with Harrison would have been one if there was people in the stands, it's but there, there was no one in the building. Yeah. So like I can't really count that. Mm-hmm. Um, a good point. Just moments that there was like a, a Willie Cauley sign put back against the Pacers. If anybody out, is out there and has a moment, their favorite Golden One Center yeah. moment, uh, please let us know in the comments on Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, wherever. Um, what is your favorite Golden One Center Kings moment? And I'll make sure I put that in the, the episode little taglines, mm-hmm. but. Um, before we go into basketball, realize, is or any other great moment from golden one center?
0: I just, I'm trying to think right now. I'm really trying to think. I mean, I know I remember oh. Aaron had a game. It wasn't anything the, special. I remember he had a game winner against the heat. That was like a, from the side, that he had a uh,
1: floater. And then he had a game winner against the Sixers too. He had a little step back jumper. There was like eight yes. seconds left. Yeah. his little free throw um, line. DeMarcus cousins also had a go ahead bucket against the Sixers. in the, the first year of golden one center. Then he blocked Embiid's game winning attempt. <laughs> um, these are just kind of like whatever though. Not
0: they, these remember, aren't these aren't moments that stick this out. This is anybody. not a Golden One Center moment, but do you I was thinking about this the other day in like just some of the weirdest games that have ever happened. Do you remember the the Kings at Sixers game when the floor flooded? Yeah, they canceled the game. They canceled the game
1: because they, thinking, the the, the, the think, hockey floor underneath, underneath yeah, the melted. <laughs> yeah formed,
0: the the ice melted was it coming it? up like, on like, the yeah, it was, it was make, like creating con- bubbles it bubbles condensating
1: stuff. on the wood yeah
0: very strange. because I, I was thinking like when was i it was when we were thinking about is is the king's game going to be canceled i think it was last the memphis game we were yeah. trying to think and i was like you know when was the last time they canceled the game and it was probably that well the the um the well, pe- I mean the Zion, uh, the, the, Pel- Zion the Pelicans, Pelicans game, game and was. They the moved ASPN a couple game. last year,
1: but I don't think it was the King's fault. Because was- even
0: the uh, the game that they stopped letting fans in uh, because there was the um, the uh, Stephon Clark um, protest going the protests, on outside. On like even that game they didn't. They I was it. in the arena for that Same, game as yeah, well. They, and
1: they, like that, that game was there was only two hundred
0: fans yeah. in the building
1: for that game. Yeah. And there's there was handing out free food all, all mm-hmm. around the concourse. Let everyone it, move down. Yeah, it the food would have gone bad. And get it get it mm-hmm. out. Free food to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there was no one there. The Kings won that game, or no, they lost that Hawks game. Yeah. They beat the. I don't know. There's not many moments in Golden one center, which is sad though. Is my yeah. point. They're, this team has been so mediocre. Mm-hmm. Each there's been year. no vibe. I there, mean, there's no. There's no. And this is the worst yeah. attendance I've ever seen. The, the, the sad thing is, oh, there was energy in the building last night. I know that you, you weren't there last night, but there was energy in the first two quarters. It was loud. Mm. And it, I notice it more than, than ever this season because there's some games where it's not loud at all. And when you can really hear it when when the energy is in the building, and it was there. Um, on that De'Aaron Fox dunk, too, it was just, I thought, wow, here we go. This game's going to go down to the wire. And I almost tweeted this game is going to go down to the wire. I can feel it. And again, like you said about some things, yep. you just keep in the Twitter hole, sir. words, Edwards, man, he I'm, said
0: it best. Don't press send. Don't <laughs> press send. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I I don't have any. You, other. you brought up attendance, and at some point, we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation about the. We are uh, going to start. We're uh, going to start a dialogue about dialogue. attendance and yeah. we're going to, we're going to keep some people accountable for attendance numbers. That's all I'm going to say. Oh right. God. Um, I'm ready to have that conversation that, because there's some sketchy stuff. I don't on believe with, that. Uh, with look King's at attendance numbers. The view we have of the That's upper That's all I'm going to say. You know, I just, from, until, until we bring it up next time, just keep an eye on on what the reported the attendance report attendance number yeah, you take a you look can, at that. you can find them on occasion. I'm looking oh, right wow. now on basketball reference, and it says the Kings are twentieth of thirtieth in the league in attendance, and uh I'm starting to think that there might be some reasons why things are the way they are, but uh, I digress i digress, digress. b ball reference b ball reference everyone's favorite part of the episode uh if you've gotten this far, thank you first off. we were not planning on going this long, but you know we're always happy to. We love
1: talking about this team. Can not you tell? <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: it's great. It's not rambling into the uh, ether at all. Uh, B-ball reference for those who have never made it this far in the podcast. Me and Frank just like to uh, go on basketballreference.com, look at their front page, and uh, look at their selection of, of their starting 10. It changes you know, every hour. It changes every hour. Uh, this hour we have a pretty, it's not great. A pretty lackluster group uh, I'll just read out the names here. Larry Steele, who looks like he played in the 70s. <laughs> uh, Tabo Sevalosha, who I believe dated the 2K girl, the old 2K girl. Didn't Rachel DeMille. Roverson dated her too. I think I'm getting my non-shooting OKC guards. twos. Yeah, your non-shooting OKC shooting that. guards. BJ Boston, or is it BJ? Brand, Brandon, Brandon Boston. Boston. I'm sorry. It could be uh, BJ Boston. Brandon Boston, who uh, who's playing very playing well, well for, yeah. the, for the Clippers right now. Uh, Dwight Howard, who I think we can probably have a conversation with. I was going to say Dwight is probably the most uh, likely. Johnny Newman, who looks like he took his high school photograph. Is and he with us? Put it in to basketball reference. He's not he with us. He is not he with, is no with no us. He's no longer with R. us. RIP, Johnny Rest Newman. Rest in peace, Johnny Newman. Uh, John Lure, who I vaguely remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kurutz, who I don't know how to. Ridianus? Pr- Red, Red, Rid Out of road? Um. Kourouks. Yeah. I just remember Kourouks. I remember he him on, playing uh, for the Nets.
1: For the Nets. Yes. Yeah, I remember him on the Nets, and he really he, he frustrated the hell out of me.
0: Earl um, the Pearl Monroe, who, ooh. if we were older, we would definitely have a Paul conversation Thamer. about the Pearl, Black Jesus, Black Magic, Einstein, Lord's Prayer, Thomas Edison, the Magic, the magic man. man, Earl Monroe, uh, Jalen Harris, who just looks like a made-up my player, Justin Wright <laughs> Foreman, who also looks like a made-up my player, Andre's Beadrinch who Warrior's Legend Warrior's Legend probably has like the most inflated stat line maybe of all time yeah. and then Luke Zeller who is the third Zeller? Cody and Tyler's brother <laughs> yes. did he play in the NBA he played he in the NBA he must have he played in the NBA for so one games season, 16 games so now we know that you can play 16 games of professional basketball and still make basketball oh how about this Justin Wright Foreman who I said looked like a 2K player Played four, played four four NBA games. How about Jalen Harris? Thirteen games. So you know you can uh, you you can make the basketball reference page if you exist in the NBA. I think that um, the Biedrins thing. Real quick, touch on the Andres yeah.
1: Biedrins thing. He was like the king when we were. Ki- I mean, the the Warrior when we, we were all mm-hmm. kids. I just remember him being on that those bad Warriors teams. And like you said, that two thousand eight two thousand nine season, eleven point nine points, eleven point two rebounds, fifty seven percent from the field.
0: Woo. I remember being drenched. Yes. Okay. I was going to say, I remember him being like historically terrible at the free throw line. And I'm looking now. Oh, He was, he had a season where he shot 30%. He <laughs> shot 16% from the three, from the free throw line in 2009, he, 2010. He, he I played, have to look at his totals. He to played 33 he games play. though. Okay. He was one of nine. Okay. That's, okay, okay oh okay, okay. Whoa, no, I'm sorry. He was no, <laughs> oh my gosh. In 2009-2010, Andres Bjerdrunsch was 4 of 25 no, for man. the season from the free throw line. No. I mean, look at that those years in a row. When you look
1: at I'm sorry, 2009-2010 to 2014. Hold on
0: wait, I can actually do this
1: math and keep, just filibuster for. I got it right here. I got it right okay. here. He went 20 of 84. 23%. He made twenty of eighty-four free throws oh. over a five-year period.
0: <laughs> I don't say this. I actually, I have never said this about an NBA player. I am confident that I could do. Oh, that. me too. I am confident. There's no way I'm in, There's no
1: way I I I can make twenty-one out of
0: eighty-four. Look, free Look, I'm throws. not that guy, pal. I'm not. I'm not that guy to do this. But I could do that. I could one hundred percent do that. That is absolutely insane. Um. Speaking of bad free throw shooting, he's not even the one I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dwight. It. What, what is Dwight? What let's, is Dw- let's do the let's do the Dwight Howard conversation. Frank. Okay, is Dwight Howard a Hall of Famer? Oh God, yes, of course. I, I agree.
1: Um, he has to be. He's a look. Go through his accolades. Number one, thank you to the Lakers and LeBron and the Lakers. He got he finally got his ring. Yep. But eight time All Star, five town ta- five time rebound champ, two time blocks champ, eight time All NBA, five time All Defensive, three time Defensive Player of the Year. And he's going to finish with averages of of probably 15 and 11. And how many blocks per game? Almost two blocks per game. That's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And he's shooting versus career, 57% in the field, 58% in the field rather. So,
0: yeah. And I mean, if you take off like the past four years of his career, which have kind of just been him. He's having a looking or I mean, a even, Vince
1: Carter ask yeah. end to his career though, where you're just kind of playing to keep playing, even though like you're on the way to 40.
0: Yeah. Vince had, um, yeah, due to circumstances like Vince could sh- taught himself how to, sh- he was a guard. So he was yeah. able to kind of adapt his game more. And I think it's to your point, it's been a lot harder for Dwight to get back up center minutes and he's rebounding, a he's role,
1: rebounding, but, I guess. Yeah. Like per 36 minutes this season, He's averaging 13 rebounds per game, but he's not playing that much. Um,
0: I mean, if you take a we'll just do his the first 10 years of his career, he's 18 and 12 and a half with three and a half offensive rebounds. How many blocks a game here? Two blocks a game. And, you know, he's got in that span, one, two, three, four, that he's got all of his all-stars in that span. So eight all-stars in 10 years. Yeah. If you want to cut out, he pretty much does all of his work. All of his career work is he's a hall of famer by his 10th year.
1: If you just take out the last three seasons and you go through the first 15 seasons, the first 15 seasons of his career, 17 and a half points per game, 12.6 boards, two blocks, 58% from the field. um, That's over 1000
0: games. A thousand forty-four games. So that's a Hall of Fame career right there. I mean, you even look at his when he's quote unquote washed as as a play. You, post Houston, where he's been on Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, Lakers, Philly, and then Lakers back to the again. Lakers, in those seasons, what is that? Is that five that, seasons? Do you remember, he's, no, you're good. He's eleven and ten. Exactly. He is eleven. 10.9 uh, points and 9.9 9 rebounds. Do you remember block 1.2 blocks? Do you remember when
1: I think it was Woj or Shams? I think it was Woj tweeted out that 60%. Dwight was returning back to the, to the Lakers last season. Mm-hmm. Then he erased it, and then 15 minutes later, he signed with Dwight went with Philly. And I guess there was like a he had an agreement with the Lakers, and then the Lakers pulled back from it. And he he, he tweeted it. He tweeted out Lakers, let's, let's get let's go let's get after it again or something like that. Because um, it's kind of strange looking at his his page just Lakers Philly for mm-hmm. one season then back to the Lakers. I just feel like he never even played for Philly. Um even though he was good with Philly, yeah. 7 points, 8.4 boards over 17 minutes again. That's pretty
0: pretty yeah. good. I mean, so. even like you think about Dwight's early like it is it is just a fact and I mean, I definitely didn't want it to be. I I try and forget about it, but Dwight Howard a Dwight Howard led team beat a LeBron James led team to go to the to finals. The finals. Like, and that was LeBron at the peak of his powers in, in, in Cleveland during that first stint. And, you know, it, I can't remember the exact, obviously LeBron, when he was in Cleveland, didn't have the, the best talent around him. And, and that Orlando team did have JJ Redick and Rashard Lewis and Hito Turkoglu, of course. And Jam, uh, Jam, uh, Jameer Nelson, I almost called him Jamal Nelson. for Alston. for Alston. Marcing or And they were coached by, uh. By Stan Van, another who was warrior still legend. in his bag at that time. The Donald Foyle. and uh, you know they were they were a good team, and they, I think, did they get swept by the Lakers? They might have won uh, one game, four, four one, yeah. And you know Dwight was the best player, and and there was real conversation of like, is this guy like the Shack of this era? Is he going to be the dominant force that is just. You know, I mean, if you look at here, he's had two 14 three fourteen three 14 rebound seasons. Let I, me see. I, I, I'd I, imagine Shaq's probably the last person to touch anywhere near that. I think in the finals, let's see, in the finals
1: in 2009, he averaged 15 and 15 and four blocks per game. That's, That's absurd. That's insane. That's insane. 15, 15 and four yeah. in the finals and the Lakers, I mean. That was a pretty close finals though. Besides from game one where the Lakers beat the Magic by twenty five, mm-hmm. the Magic lost by five in game two. They won game four, lost by eight in game four or game sorry game three. They won, lost game four by eight, and then down the stretch of game five they lost in garbage time. They they lost by
0: thirteen, um, got away from them. So wow, I'm looking at Dwight's stats in that Eastern Conference Finals where they did take down LeBron twenty five and thirteen in that series. Oh my god! Which he is which forty is and fourteen in game six? Insane! Just absolutely dominated. Uh, I'm sure it was Zydrunas Ogalskis at the time. Um, Let's see. And like they, the team that he lost to was just you know that was a Powell and lake yeah. uh, pow and Kobe Laker team that was just too good. He, <laughs> they he, weren't uh, going to win that series.
1: He punished Verzhao and Ogalskis, and the the uh, the end of Ben Wallace's career. He also attacked him.
0: Oof. So, um, Hall of Famer Ben Wallace. Yeah.
1: Joe so Smith, was not I I'm
0: curious team. if Dwight's free throws are as bad as what they feel like they are. He never reached be levels. Uh, Dwight's best free throw shooting season was his rookie season at 67%. Never got better. Um, and nope. he actually, his lowest free throw percentage season was 48% from the line, Yay! which is pretty, pretty awful. Yep. That's, uh, He made a couple
1: threes, though, that funny video of the (laughs) Lakers making the three. So
0: (laughs) Those corner threes. And, yeah, I mean, I think the story of Dwight's career is just one of, like, people being disappointed with how it went. I think, obviously, like I said, at one time, people were thinking, is this guy going to be the next Dom? Is he going to be the person who you add after Kareem and and Hakeem and Wilt and Bill Russell and Shaq and then Dwight Howard? Is that – is that what it was going to be? And it's where he's kind of like his own
1: thing. He's kind of like his own thing. He's not on that list of those yeah. dominant big men, but he's kind of like his own his own category. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shot blocking center that, know. I mean, he's not averaging 25 and 12 like
0: those guys were. But here's a question that's interesting Do you think we ever see another Dwight Howard? Yeah. Like uh, just a guy who's. Crazy athletic, and can just put up. I mean, because the thing about Dwight also, and I think it it really hampered his career development, is he doesn't have any skills. He never learned any big man moves. Never learned how to shoot. Couldn't take a post fadeaway or anything well, we, like that. We, he was pretty just physically dominant. We could
1: see a Dwight Howard that can shoot with the way the NBA is yeah. evolving. We could see a crazy athletic big that can rebound and block shots yeah. and knock down threes at some point. The way that the NBA. Because like, the game I of feel basketball like is evolving.
0: Ayton is probably like the closest thing we have to him. Yeah. And even entered protocols, by the way. Ayton's got a nice shot. I mean, I think, yeah, to your point, like, I think probably not seeing another Dwight Howard is more likely just because. I think all big men are going to come in with some form of a jump shot. The scoring days. and the
1: rebounding is there, but the the defense is not there for DeAndre Oh, Hayden. for sure. Yeah. yeah
0: I, that's a great point though, too, because that's a huge, that's a massive part of Dwight's dominance.
1: The athleticism and the the scoring and rebounding is there. He's averaging 16 and 10 for his career this season. Easy too. He's, he's averaging 17 and 11 right now, but the the blocks, he's averaging one for his career. And this year he's not even averaging yeah. one a game. So, Um, Dwight
0: used to Dwight was almost like he he came up right as like social media was coming up and I remember like some of the first Dwight clips that you would get on the internet where him just Sending the ball to like the fifth row on blocks. Like he also kind of popularized the pinning. Like yeah. LeBron obviously the kind pin. of mastered it, but yeah. Dwight used to pin people all the time on the backboard. Well this is credit
1: to I and mean, we yeah. look at we can't really think of anyone that can match that that his output. That's yeah. kind of gives credit yeah. to what he's been able to do. So yeah. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard Hall of Famer. You get your flowers. Get ready
0: for it. Um the sooner that everyone comes to grip with it, I think the better we will be as a as a basketball nation yep. because Um, it's, I've said it before, it is really, really, the NBA is really hard. It is really, really hard. And so if you can stick out for almost 20 years, 20, uh, 20 year career is, is absurd Um, for him to have an impact for 10 of them and be able to stick around in the league for another 10, you know, we're seeing, and this is insulting to Dwight, but like Costa Kufis, as soon as he's not, you know, playable he's out of the league yeah. and that's a terrible example but i just mean no um, you know dwight could very hassan whiteside we're seeing hassan whiteside struggle to be to to maintain in the league he's playing really well um this season for utah which is probably going to add another year or two to his career but when you stop playing tough. like an all-star
1: mvp candidate you have to learn how to reinvent yourself it's kind of like, as a big man it's the same way in baseball where when you can't pump 99 100 miles an hour anymore Great point. you have to reinvent your mm-hmm. approach like pitchers like C.C. C. Sabathia used to throw mm-hmm. 98, hundred miles an hour. Uh, you have to kind of adjust as you get a little older and now you to are throwing the breaking stuff. Yeah. You got to help your breaking ball. Your off speed mm-hmm. pitches. Uh, Dwight Howard is showing. Okay, I'm not going to score 20 points a game anymore, but I can still get my rebounds and, yep. and play defense, <laughs> and uh, that's what he's done for the last you know six
0: seven years. So, Even in soccer, I think the game that they played earlier this year, Dwight had a yeah. pretty big impact in that yeah, game. he, he was I a mean, problem that game. Yeah,
1: uh, same with like Serge Baca, who he's kind of on I don't want yeah, the he, way out. No, he he's definitely on the way out. I would he say he had a great game against against the Mm-hmm. The Kings just, yeah, Dwight Howard's game log though, he had 12 and 13 against the Kings in two blocks. He has not had a game with any of those numbers, scoring or rebounding mm-hmm. or blocks even since that game. Mm-hmm. So the Kings just make everybody look good as the,
0: the parting D Rose can, well, sad D Rose, I think he just I, had ankle surgery. We might miss him now, yeah, but, but, but he would have had like a 30 very, point. Yeah. Very similar thing. The Kings
1: just have like a time machine on the sideline and players just crawl into it and say, they okay, the youth, baby, go back it's if, in
0: the cookies, they, they, it's in the cookies,
1: the fountain of youth.
0: Sad stuff. Um, uh,
1: it's sad. Everything's yeah. sad. Anyways, uh, talk was, to everybody. Fun. <laughs> talk to everybody next Monday. Yes, maybe probably, before then, if anything else happens. Um,
0: let me look at their schedule here. Uh, let's let's rattle off the games just so people know. Uh, the Kings have the Thunder coming up on Tuesday. Uh, Dallas on Wednesday, and then Dallas again on Happy New Friday. Year. Yeah, Happy New Year at that point. Um, and then Miami. Yeah, I don't know. Will we will we be back on Monday? Probably Monday. Let's yeah. do Monday. So we probably won't see you all for, or hear from us for the rest of the year. Um, Four Frank, days. Do you have any any you know anything that? I guess it doesn't have to be kings related, but just sports. Re- at least keep it sports related this year. Um, that you you learned. You want to say that was great. Did you have any extra great sports memories? I
1: think that just. Working this job mm-hmm. and just kind of getting more comfortable and acclimated with everything has been really cool this year um, I enjoy my job. I love it Learning every day how to get better at it um, If we're being serious, you know and stuff like that um, on a side note What has, has to do with New Year's Day? i I'm, I really never have been able to watch the college football playoff mm-hmm. for the last four years by working for the team They always put Kings games on the Saturday national
0: championship game,
1: the, the, the playoffs and the national championship game on that Monday. There are always games and we have a game on the 10th this year for that date, that game. So I will never be able to watch the college football playoff. Uh, but no, I just love uh, the growth that you and I both are uh, we experiencing. And I appreciate everyone that's been listening to this podcast. People that have reached out and said nice things. Uh, it means a lot. So happy new year. Thank you for that. How about you, though?
0: Happy new year. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to share that sentiment as well. Like you've obviously kind of, we've done a lot this year and it's, it's tough, especially in COVID times, like the days and and months have just merged together. Mm -hmm. The year, the years at this point have, have merged together. And, um, it's tough to like, look back and think where we were when, before everything started, you know, if I think back to, that Pelicans game when, you know, I, I remember being on the sideline and Zion right in front of my face and two ESPN guys standing to my right, like whispering back and forth like, oh, my God, did they, they just they just like they're they're canceling the season. And just that, that how long ago that feels. And all, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm rambling now, but just no. all, all the things that we've done in between now and then, like. It's just crazy and it, I, I suggest that everybody uh, do the same in their life and, and just try and think about the things you were doing the things you were into um, the things that mattered to you get two years ago yeah try try and get back to it and, and also try and see you know if you've grown how you've grown um, what you can still do better what you put to the back burner, because you were like, ah, like, oh, let me just get through this COVID time and then I'll figure it out. What are things, you know, during COVID even, I mean, like COVID has been its own, this whole stretch of, you know, the, the pandemic has been, you know, people picking up and putting down hobbies and, and meaning to get to things in their life and just never getting around to it. So I don't know. I think, uh, I think come this new year, I'm, I'm, going to be a new me i know new everyone new says me? that new year new, new, me. new me hitting the gym look out 24 hour fitness oh, look out world because i'm coming for you and i'm coming hot
1: and the Kings are coming for you and your mental health My uh stay healthy out there
0: have a safe new year's yeah and, and i'm uh, gonna say this as i you know as a king's fan don't be afraid to turn off the tv just turn it off just turn it off we'll watch for you yeah I'll you'll watch. you'll get the news you'll 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 figure it out but just if things get bad man like don't 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 try and sit in your house and try and no. figure out how the team's gonna pull off a trade for Benson like it's They're- just not worth the mental energy if you're gonna do it do it in two K so at least you can like play with Benson like. It's just find things to distract yourself. There from. are plenty of distractions yeah. over the next. I know this is meant six, to be days. the distraction. Your yeah. your fandom is meant to be the distraction, but get a distraction from your distraction. And this is a good week for that. Yes. With with uh, we're still yes. in the
1: holidays. There's plenty of things going on with with other sports. NFL playoff races heating up. Uh, college football happens this weekend. Uh, there, there's plenty of things to distract yourself. So. Just watch, don't be a Vikings fan. Watch at your own risk. Don't yeah, do don't it. be a Vikings fan. Don't uh, don't <laughs> join Chris idea. in that end. But um, don't do it. Um, but thanks everybody for the fun yes. year, and we'll keep
0: it rolling. We'll keep it rolling. Fun yeah. year,
1: quote fun yeah. year.
0: Maybe next year we can have a winning year. No, um, but one can hope. For Franklin Cartoselli, I am Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening so much. Y'all have a very, very good, a very, very safe New Year's. And uh, see you next year. Yeah, we'll see you next year. Keep on chugging. Peace.